Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and UpSnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman, where you'll learn to awaken your divine intuition and open your human heart. Sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and learn. Here's Sarah. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman. Today is October 11th, 2013, and I am so excited, practically just blissing out over here because we have a very, very special guest, uh, somebody that I really admire and um, really like, too. <laughs> We've got Penny Pierce. She's the author of The Intuitive Way, Frequency and Leap of Perception is her newest book in the trilogy. And if you guys haven't, um, we've talked about Penny on the show quite a bit. So let me just say, if you haven't um, gotten any of her books or followed any of her teachings, I highly recommend that you kind of dip dip into that and delve into it. She's extremely, extremely clear. And uh, what she talks is about is so much what we're aligned with um, in terms of what we're talking about on this show. So welcome, Penny. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. And um, we like to start this show. We um, This show is sometimes called Ask Sarah, and we used to have another show called Sanctuary. And I really like to kind of join together as in our soul soul community, as spiritual community, so I'm going to invite Penny you to be part of this too with us. So if everybody out there wants to just close their eyes, we're going to take a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth and in through the nose and out through the mouth. And today we're going to allow ourselves to have um, the choice of either turning your body to blue as your sort of core vibration color, or today it also feels like some of you might want to be as purple. That's just fine. We're going to float out of our bodies up to this beautiful meeting place we go to. Some of you might imagine temple space or large open, expansive room or beautiful meadow. And we're going to just kind of collectively go there as souls and look around and just notice all these other beautiful, lovely, 
soul beings, etheric beings, etheric self right beside you and just nod and say hello. We've all seen each other. We've all seen each other there before and say hello. And with that connection, we will take a moment to have the chime and begin our show. Great. Thank you. Well, Penny, I just wanted you to be part of that. I really like, we have a very large audience listening and uh, lots of folks will listen to the podcast after. And I really like to make the intention and create the connection to sort of establish the reality right away that we're not just little bodies sitting, listening to our smartphones <laughs> to, to the right. show. Yeah, we're, we're really like at another realm um, altogether. I want to tell you, a little story before I'm, I'm not going to talk as much, <laughs> I promise, but uh, I wanted to read a little story. So everybody knows I'm teaching some intuitive mastery groups and we communicate in those groups with some private blogs. And uh, here's a Penny Pierce story I wanted to share from one of the members. Uh, she writes, I was finishing an old deck. It was a stunningly beautiful day, but all I wanted to do was read Lynn McTaggart's book, Field. I'd given it to others, but never read it myself. Um, suddenly, I found myself going to the library and finding the book. It just leaped out at me. I fought and fought and fought the desire to just read the book. It was such perfect weather to do the deck project. I gave in. I proceeded to devour the book. And she writes, I had been listening to Penny Pierce's book, Leap of Perception, each night for weeks, falling asleep to it and randomly selecting each night. A couple nights later, I heard her say, or maybe rather than finish that deck, you read a book. (laughs) (laughs) And then, but it's, there's more. It's very funny. Then last night, I just let my folks know that you're going to be on the air and, uh, a gentleman from Australia who's uh, uh, very in, very synchronized, he, he wrote me, I received your email at 11.11 a.m. on the 11th, because they're a day ahead. I also read the other book, about the blog, about the deck last night and said she was listening to the audio. I actually had Penny's book, Leap of Perception, two inches away from me when I read that post and got your post. So anyway, we're all, <laughs> we're, love all, it. we're all moving around. So yeah. Well, yeah. So um, I wanted to just ask you, I find that, that with the way you teach and the ideas that I have, it's like, it's like a homecoming and it's such a relief to find somebody else out there in the planet, you know, thinking the same way and, and seeing it the same. And, um, I wanted to just talk a little bit about some of the ideas, and I think focusing on leap of perception, since that's mm-hmm. your your newest one. Um, talk about even the idea of the the main words, leap of perception, and then the power of attention. Talk about like how you chose. You I mean you had a lot of choices for the title. Yeah, and it <laughs> yeah. took a long time to let it come through. There was a million versions. Mm-hmm. Of ideas. At first, I was going to call it undivided attention, and then that didn't seem right. It, everything seemed too small. Yeah. But um, things, you know, I had written Frequency, and that was a very important book because it really introduced an idea that went beyond mere intuition into 
the idea of that we're energy beings now and that we can see that and sense that because the energy on the planet has accelerated so much. Mm-hmm. You know, 10 years ago, it would have been a weird idea. Nobody would have gotten it. But now, you know, we're at a higher higher vibration and we get it. Mm-hmm. So what was after that, you know? And I kept waiting to see, okay, what's coming? And I kept seeing the word attention everywhere mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. perception, which has always been an interest of mine, realizing that it really is your perception that causes so much of your reality to be the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I started really delving into the idea of of what is attention and how does it work. And that just seemed like it was the the next idea. And then I realized that we really were shifting from an old kind of perception into an entirely new kind of perception that would be um, that the perception itself was causing the reality that we were in. And Mm -hmm. the old perception was causing a slower, older linear kind of reality, and we're outgrowing it. We're outpacing it. And so that our our perception was going to really make a leap, and that really is what transformation is all about. And that when we get to that speed, and everything starts merging into the present moment, and you start to understand that we are a unified field of energy, um, we are going to be so much in the world of unity that we won't have cause and effect thinking anymore. You know, things are going to speed up exponentially. And um, and so that's really what, what caught my attention was like, oh my gosh, you know, if, if I could describe this change of perception and what it would feel like and how do you get there and what are the steps to it and then what are the new skill sets that we're going to need to have with this new perception? You know, mm-hmm. maybe we could accelerate it for ourselves or make the change easier. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, unless you know what, where you're headed, you kind of hesitate to go there. Right. You know, it's, so I wanted to, like with my other books, I always want to do kind of a road map. Yeah. And, and show how it works and and actually demonstrate it so people can do it. And one of the ideas that you you had or that I had upon thinking about perception and attention is, is um, some of my notes here, it's, it's not that just we expand the power of attention with our minds, but it's with our whole energy field in, in that we open up to everything sort of all at once. Um, what do you think now? Like we talked a lot on this show. See, at first, at first last year, 2012, I really was kind of poo-pooing. <laughs> Always me, like making giant mistakes on the air. Oh, well. <laughs> But um, it's about 2012 being a shift. And then as the year began to, you know, wind down, I began to feel and sense these gigantic energy shifts in my own life and just all over everywhere. And um, I'm wondering how you feel now, like what you're noticing has like even a daily moment. What do you notice shifts? Where do you think we are in this sort of this new new paradigm that we are? Or do you think we're like 10% or are we at 90% or are we at minus 3%? Where do you well, think we are? Now? it's so relative depending on each person. I mm-hmm. think that there was last year a buildup like kind of toward that December, whatever that was, 20, 12, 12, 21, 12 or whatever that was at the end of the year. Um, 
where I think that there was a kind of an internal event that happened, not so much in the outer world, but in the energy world of, to me, it was that time stopped. And Mm -hmm. there was a sense of everything being drawn into the present moment and having an internal experience of spirit in that way, because in the spiritual realm, everything is all at once. You know everything always all at once, and there is no lag time, no separation, no gaps. Mm-hmm. So we had a, a deep experience of that, but it wasn't registered consciously. And I think that this year, it started to register bit by bit by bit on us, and I think things started happening faster. And somewhere around this spring, it's like we got shot through the doorway with a cannon, you know, like shot out of a cannon. Mm-hmm. I, I feel so many people's lives had dra- dramatic change and openings and forward movement and some quite unexpected. Uh, mm-hmm. So that the evolutionary process is carrying us a lot right now, I think. And it just doesn't seem to want to slow down. It's like and, I, I've compared it to a tsunami. It really does feel like, like we're in a big wave like that. Yeah, continued. And it feels also that it's very personal and it's very internal. Um, and, and yet these changes are making changes in the outer world really, really, really fast. Even, even something as simple as, um, Sometimes when I, I, I don't have a TV, but I'll watch movies on, you know, Hulu or whatever and seeing the commercials there and the commercials are super conscious. It's like, mm-hmm. what, <laughs> how did this, how did this happen? But it's just a sign of, of, um, what the bigger community is beginning to understand. Yeah. Um, well, some well, of them, let's say, <laughs> What do you what what would you if you had to put a percentage? And I know these are dumb questions. Like, how do you put a percentage on it? But what? How, how much of the world do you think is um, approaching some awareness, and how much is still sort of very dark and uh, numb? Gosh, you know, I I don't know. And I don't think that I can answer that because I think that there are a lot of other factors. There are a lot of the new children who've come in in the last 30-some years, you know, are holding a much higher vibration in the world. They may not be conscious of it. I think there are, um, you know, mass exoduses that are going to happen or have already started happening, like with 9-11, where balances of power shift and there are, you know, almost like uh, openings between the dimensions where energies come in. So mm-hmm. a lot of it's happening in the non-physical world, mm-hmm. So, and people are not yet conscious of it. So the people who are conscious of it probably aren't that many. But I right. still think that there's so much happening in the, in, in the energy world, in the, the non-physical reality, that uh, that world is very busy changing. You know, and that could be as much as 40%. Oh, yeah, that would be. And I think also I hold the belief that um, awakening can just happen in the blink of an eye to Mm -hmm. any being. So just because it's not here in this blink, perhaps in the next blink, the awareness 
yeah, sort of. So, so it could all change really fast. It's not an overnight change. Transformation is not overnight now, and it's happening in waves. And mm-hmm. I think that it may get to a point where I'm, I've had this dream where there is a kind of bifurcation on the planet at some point where the people who are getting to the higher frequency and running with it, living with it, and letting the flow flow through them and not holding back at all, mm-hmm. may move forward quickly while the others who are resisting it and trying to hold on to an old perceptional reality mm-hmm. will go through their normal death process and maybe incarnate again onto a slightly different planet where it's still their vibration. Oh, Whereas I see. the people who are at a little higher vibration will incarnate, so-called incarnate, onto a planet that's of a much higher frequency, that's more less physical, less dense. Mm-hmm. And there'll be parallel planets in the same space, but in different frequencies. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, that's interesting because this idea, like what we did at the beginning of the show, where we all sort of become soul as, and I see, I often see uh, frequency or vibration as a color. It's just, Mm -hmm. that's just how it arrives to me. And so um, sort of going into soul cluster or soul um, collective all together to this new planet. Like, uh, like we've all been, I've been using that exercise for a while and we always go to this other planet. And I know I just thought, Oh, that's interesting. another planet. Okay. Okay, good. Well, I have a lot more questions. We are going to, um, part of what we do on this show is I have been really blessed to, um, have these amazing artists give permission to play their music on the show. And I like to sort of incorporate that as sometimes what we talk about is, fairly complex and it's nice to have a break from language and move into music so we're going to listen to a song by Jai Utal or part of a song as for our break and I invite everybody to um, just kind of sway with it, dance, breathe whatever you feel like. One of the cool things about this particular song which is one of my favorites is that usually Jai Utal sings in um, Sanskrit in uh, he does kirtan and this is from one of his um, experimental albums where he really really put himself out there and took a lot of risk and did lyrics in English so this one's called let me be sky and we'll be back we're talking with Penny Pierce Uh, this is Sarah Wiseman ask Sarah and we'll be back in just a moment Yeah, 
And welcome back to Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman. That was Jayu Tal singing Let Me Be Sky, one of the few songs he does in English. And I wanted you to all just have that idea in your mind, the expansiveness of the etheric realm, the expansiveness of sky, and how that is also a way in which we are just as real as we are in our human bodies. We are so fortunate and grateful and blessed and happy and excited to have Penny Pierce with us today. She's the author of The Intuitive Way, Frequency, and Leap of Perception. Penny, welcome back to the show. Thanks Thanks so much. (laughs) You're welcome. And I want to talk, I want to read this part from Penny's book, Leap of Perception. Um, it's, uh, It's about... The idea of in integration, you experience your heart. And I want to bring this idea up because on this show we've talked quite a bit about the human experience. Um, the, the soul is contained in, uh, the, 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 we're divine beings in human containers. And the growth of the soul, and these are my words, not pennies, but the language that I use, the growth of the soul um, 
processes through the human heart. That's where we feel and understand and know everything. And so I want to read this piece from the book. The experience of center is an evolutionary step beyond polarity. This spot in the center of your head is a place where knowledge convenes from all directions and you have phenomenal clarity and perspective. You experience yourself as wisdom. You recognize this integration experientially because it brings consciousness that is inspired and practical, matter-of-fact and obvious, expansive and motivating, peaceful and effortless, elegant and perfectly appropriate to situations at hand. When your consciousness balances like this, you enter a quietly powerful, non-conflicted state that frees you from the attack of others and promotes harmony and unrestricted flow. And Penny, I just wanted to ask you what your feelings are today. I mean, I know sometimes we write these books a couple of years, you know, <laughs> before they're published. Um, what What are you thinking about the idea of the heart or this sense of deep peace and calm with this new transformation going on? What thoughts come to mind there? I think of the heart more and more as um, sort of the, the beginning of, of really understanding what a holographic reality is all about, that when you can be in your heart, like sort of as your heart, you, if you actually go in there and, and then see the space around you, the field around you as a sphere, that that sphere is the heart, the expanded heart, and you're living inside it all the time. No matter where you go, you take it with you. But you're the, the midpoint, the central point in the heart. Um, then that immediately gives you resonance to every other heart in the universe. Mm-hmm. From, mm-hmm. you know, even animals, trees, the center of cells and particles. That there is one resonance that goes through every heart center, every center point like that. That you can know everything as though it's you from that place. Now, it's not an emotional, mushy-gushy place like we think of the heart being. I think of the heart as a neutral place of where love is understood as kind of like the perfect fit of all things, how everything fits together and works perfectly, mutually inclusively. Uh, it's, it's like the amazement at the engineering feat <laughs> that the universe has achieved in all of the creations. And when you're in that space, you get it. You just are in it. You know it. And you go, oh, my gosh, this is so beautiful. This is yeah. so amazing. And we are so amazing. And I'm so amazing. And, you know, it's like you just are, you know, knocked off your feet from the beauty of it all. Yeah. You know, so I think of it as, I mean, it's peaceful, but it's also exciting. It's peacefully exciting. You know, it's it's, but it's not a a big emotional center like most people seem to think of it. Right, right, right. And I've been doing some reading. Um, I just, lots of times I'll just have periods of great study where I'll sort of grab every book <laughs> that sort of the universe sort of throws to me. And uh, a lot of book on um, books on sort of new ways of looking. And this may not be a 
term that or an idea that you use a whole lot in in your teaching, but the idea of the chakra and the heart chakra and yeah, yeah. But this is the place where um, all deep healing, not just our own healing, but all deep energetic healing, like the great healers, the people who are able to um, do physical healing or do um, it all comes from heart chakra. Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting too, because a couple of years ago um, I wrote, I received um, this information, the, the four passages or the four openings of the heart. And I don't believe, you know, that the heart like physically opens, but this idea of cracking through and there were four stages of pain, compassion, connection, and love. And these are like these four awarenesses of the heart. And it, it just, it's different ways of looking, but the same, <laughs> the mm-hmm. different for the same, for the same result. It's just interesting. And you also wrote that heart is the place of the home frequency, which is more in the book frequency. And I always thought, did you always think home frequency and then ohm, O-M, O-M? I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, (laughs) Yeah, the whole word home and ohm is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, What, just explain, I'm not sure folks will necessarily uh, have the vocabulary of home frequency, if you wouldn't mind explaining what that is. Yeah, I mean, I think that when we're talking about vibration, everything vibrates, and we vibrate at our, uh, a standard kind of, of frequency that is that of our own soul. And, um, and yet, we tend to cast our attention outward into the physical world, and we have a habit, I think, of frequency matching with other beings, other people, other spaces. You know, um, it's kind of, I think, a tribal thing for safety. You know, we do that for commonality. But um, <clears throat> it's we're in a habit of if we get around somebody who's kind of a downer, you know, or a victim or complaining, that we'll match their energy, and then we don't feel good. We allow ourselves to go down in vibration. And um, that's because you're looking outside for identity. But when you look inside for identity, you find that steady vibration. I, I just call it your home frequency because it is that constant thing. It's the light in a baby's eyes. It's with you, your particular kind of original tone that is with you lifetime to lifetime. And when you center into that, and I, I say strike the tuning fork of your own tone, and you let that resonate through your body, and you feel good. You feel like, oh, I am. I like myself. You know, I, you know, or you're full of yourself like a little kid. And um, it's the way you feel when you're being creative, or you're just, you know, full of life, and anything is entertaining. You know, that kind of quality. And so I think that we can choose to identify with that over other people's vibrations that may be so different from ours that, you know, when you identify with someone else, you block the flow of your own energy. Mm-hmm. You know, so home frequency is, is a term I use to help us center back into who we really are. And do you feel that, um, I have the idea of gravity, levity, Levity versus gravity in ways Uh of raising our own frequencies. And levity, you know, it's not just the rising up, but it's also laughter and 
having fun and enjoyment and not mm-hmm. taking yourself too seriously. Do you feel that, um, you know, there are, are people that can bring us down, but there's also people that can lift us up by the, the power of their personal home frequency. Do you find that that's true? Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. the truth is that when you start moving into levity, which is more light and, and you know, spiritual memory, really, <clears throat> when you start to resonate at that level, it's much more universal, and we remember ourselves. So it's a way of attuning to something that we all have in common, you know, which is the soul vibration. And I think if you go far enough, all the souls kind of become one big soul, mm-hmm. you know, one mm-hmm. big oversoul, one big consciousness, collective consciousness. And yeah. that's what we relate to is that, that unity, that commonality, family, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. But I think that, that gravity is, I mean, levity and gravity, are one's not good and one's not bad. I think right. that we have evolution, which is where we go up in frequency and go back into the non-physical dimension. Then we have the particle-based reality here in the physical world, where we come back down in frequency, and life fragments into three dimensions, and we have life here, you know, as we know it. And that would be maybe gravity, you know, coming back in again. But just like in physics, we have particles, and they dissolve into waves and become energy, and then that goes out, and then it comes back in again and forms a new particle. But it's constantly rocking in and out. It's only when we get stuck in one half or the other of of it and stop the flow Mm -hmm. that we get in trouble. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, a lot of folks listening now are, um, for some reason, uh, there seem to be a lot of folks listening to this show who are, one, former Catholics, which I find so interesting. That's a different Uh story, but lots of former Catholics out there. Um, But a lot of people are having what I would call um, opening of awareness, spiritual awakening. Some of them, the emails I get, they're in the midst of really cracking pretty big ways to new awareness. And on this show, we do talk a lot about um, the guides, the angelic realm, um, those types of other entities or, or beings. What's, I know that earlier on you had some writing that you did from other, um, some received some messages. What's your feeling or working with that now? Is that something that's useful to you? Is that something that isn't useful? Where, where are you on that at this point? Yeah, I feel that it depends on on the frequency you you attune yourself to mm-hmm. to me guides and angels and even dead people you know who are mm-hmm. just you know non-physical right now are they're all in the collective consciousness and like i can tune into for instance like my soul group mm-hmm. and to me that's a pool of knowledge that i belong to i am when i attune to a certain frequency i become that whole field of knowledge, and I don't need one particular guide to come and tell me things. I never have actually related to guides in as individual beings. I've mm-hmm. always sensed councils or groups that mm-hmm. I, I go in and become part of, and then the knowledge is transmitted telepathically, and it comes into me as mine. 
because I'm part of that group. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a, such a linear process for me. Uh, channeling to me is kind of linear. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, a line coming through you or something. To me, it's a resonance to frequ- various frequencies, and at different frequencies, there's different understandings of of the truth, different ways of understanding. And um, like with angels, I often work with not so much an individual being that's an angel, but I work with a force, an angelic force. And the way I do it is I imagine my body and I make it porous. I unclump the clumps. You know, I get soft and relaxed, Mm -hmm. open Mm -hmm. the particles so they're floating in space and being very neutral and just, you know, sort of at peace. And then I ask, I attune to what the angelic presence feels like to me, which it feels like kind of a diaphanous, silky quality. Mm-hmm. And it comes into all the spaces in my body and just sits there with me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't talk to me. It doesn't try to teach me. It doesn't interfere in any way. But its presence lets me pick up on that particular frequency, and then I can match myself to it. And as I do... I get insights Perfect. from that yes. frequency. Um, yes. But I, I believe angels are non-interfering beings, that they are, are a bridge between this world and the totally the non-physical world. And I don't believe they incarnate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, but I think that any time you put your attention on the angelic force and you open yourself up like that, they, it just appears out of the field. It right. comes right and- in immediately. That's a beautiful way of explaining it. And just for everyone listening, so the way that I might have said that in my language, because again, probably very similar meaning, just different languages. We talk about layers and levels and um, talk about jumping in all layers and levels happening all the time, jumping into different layers or levels where there's different perception or different energetic reality um and uh also this idea of i would say the wording of like you just sort of dissolve into everything and then everything is accessible and that's sometimes that i notice sometimes that's happens intentionally when you're in meditation or you know trying to do something and then sometimes especially more lately it just kind of um just kind of happens you know like you just suddenly are all all at one once with once with everything so it's just interesting how that i feel that that's beginning to happen more and more Mm -hmm. often now now Mm -hmm. so you have i sort of feel like the guides in a way they're inside every particle they're everywhere Mm -hmm. just as Mm -hmm. soon as you put attention on the idea of non-physical beings and talk to them they're Mm -hmm. there Mm mm-hmm and right. very willing to help. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. people don't ask for help. <laughs> you know, they think right. they're alone. <laughs> I, I do. I have my hotline to the etheric <laughs> realm pretty much buzzing all the time, I ask for. Well, and, and so um, when you first began this, it was quite a while ago. I can't remember when, but I think it was in the early 80s. that I started you know, actually 77 when I okay. really opened yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. and... um. So were these the same ideas you had, were the ideas you have now what you had then, or did, was this a, 
a, a you know, going into into these light, we'll just call them light councils. I don't know, and and being educated and and given this information. It evolved, and uh, mm-hmm. but I think in the early early years, I did have always a sense of a council above my head that mm-hmm. I would go up to and sit there, like you know, at a round table. Yeah, and um, had I had a chair at this table, and I would go there and and meditate. And that's, I never did see guides. I, I, I got a name for a guide and all that, but I, I never saw him. And, uh, <laughs> so he's probably mad at me, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and even there was quite a synchronicity around getting the name and, and finding out who he actually was and everything. So I think he's there, you know, but I don't, I don't, uh, single out these beings anyway. Um, but what I, I think I always had was a sense that we were already enlightened, but we were covered over with layers of clutter and kind of wet blankets and that we were blinded from the memory of who we actually are because we bought into all the um, negative programming here on Earth and the the idea that this was a place of pain and suffering. Right. And that if we could just clear what wasn't true, then we'd be fine. We didn't have to do any work to get clear, because we already were. And mm-hmm. so it was, you know, like Michelangelo just removing the the stone from the block, and there was the statue that he had seen inside right. of it. Right, and, right. Uh, That's a nice way to... Yeah, and, and so that was my or- original sense of things, very um, naively. And then I remember people telling me about what Christians believed in an original sin, and I thought, what? <laughs> like, yeah, I did yeah. not understand this idea at all, because it just seemed opposite of what I sort of knew. And mm-hmm. uh, But then ideas now about um, the process of how things happen and how energy works, those things have come to me just in the process of, of teaching and talking and doing readings and doing work and writing and even writing this book, there was a whole explanation of the brain that came in that I didn't know about until I wrote it. And yeah. That, you know, I so do think that happens. Yeah, I do think in the act of, of writing especially, our ideas get really, because they're so um, amorphous in etheric state, like when we're thinking and then when we actually have to put them into language. Well, I think of it a lot like any creative process, really, or um, I've always likened it to the magician pulling a scarf out of a hat, you mm-hmm. know, but you have to pull the first scarf, and then it's like a yellow one, let's say. It's tied onto a red one, and then it's tied onto a blue one, it's tied onto a green one, it's tied onto a, you know, pink one, and but you won't get the pink one until you pull the first one out, so mm-hmm. that it's like you start a process, a flow going, and the flow brings you everything. But until you start the flow, nada, you know? You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. so just start with where you are and pull, pull the first scarf out, you know? Right, right. What do you think about, um, um, I had, you know, I don't know if you know this, I had cancer last year and uh-huh. I did a lot of, I'm fine now, I had some surgeries, but during that time I had a lot of really interesting experiences with, uh, divine, I'm just, for me, it, it does arrive as divine beings that are, have, uh, quite characteristics. And, 
yes. um, a lot of energy healing in which um, what was cancer that had spread ended up at the end of this period of intensive meditation and um, you might even call it psychic surgeries, um, it ended up being cleared, like it was gone. And I'm wondering what you... If you if you'd ex, if you have explored much um, any of the ideas of energy healing in the body or what your interest area is there, yeah, I do believe that there are higher beings that do work with us, and I've had many dream surgeries and things mm-hmm. that happen to me with, and these ones I see are they're always like around seven feet tall and kind of intergalactic. Yeah, little yeah, gizmos that's right. and things, and um, so those they work on me occasionally. Or one time they changed my color from one color mm-hmm. to another for a while, and but it's periodic and it's like adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that happens, and when you need it, they come in. It's time, but mm-hmm. I also feel that like with things like cancer and viruses, that they are a fair, they're a higher vibration right now than our body has. Is but our body is getting faster and faster, and I think we're going to eclipse the actual frequency of viruses and bacteria and and cancer. Oh, that we will get yes. to a higher frequency, which is not so much fast, but actually refined in in a kind of pure, smooth, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. non granular <laughs> kind of vibration where it's really, really smooth and high. And when you can just go into that state and convey that to your body and say, hey, this body, this is what we are. This is our true vibration. This is what we're made of. This is what let's vibrate at this now. This is our new identity. And if you can do that and raise your body's vibration up till it gets comfortable living at that level, then the, you will be higher than the cancer, and it will dissolve. It cannot live in that climate, right? You know, and that's, as long that's... as there's fear and worry and anger, and you know, I think it's the chaos of emotion sometimes that allows certain illnesses to be able to survive in the body. You know, to stay there, like viruses, like Lyme disease and things like that. You know, where it can just mm-hmm hang on and hang on and hang on because the person maybe is used to being invaded. Right. You know, or something. You know, it's not like we have to feel guilty over getting sick, but um, there are things where I think we can refuse to feel the the lower vibratory state anymore. It's like I'm done with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to practice um, now changing my identity. Yeah. I noticed that in my own situation, the first thing was to get out of anxiety and fear. And to do that, I used, and I want to talk with you about this next, I used um, actually music as the first like bridge to keeping vibration higher, not allowing mm-hmm. descent down. And then mm-hmm. after I was sort of uh, established from the music, and I was listening probably, I don't know, couple four hours a day sometimes mm-hmm. of this um, just shifting it, no, yeah. no obsessive thought allowed, and then, and then from there going into meditation, and and then the other things started to happen. What what is your um? Do you like music? Do you use music mm-hmm. as part of um, as part of your practice? 
I'm sensitive to music, and I will use it occasionally. And but I'm I'm sensitive to which ones actually carry the right vibration. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, right. and I, I hard often I tell you honestly, I'd I'd rather have silence a lot mm-hmm. of time. And I like maybe I'll put on something like a thundering rainstorm, you know, or something like that to work or write to, mm-hmm. uh, because I tend to go with the form of the music. I go into it and then I get shaped by that. So it really has to be, <laughs> you know, a sort of a purity around it. But I think it's mm-hmm. so great for immediately changing your energy level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so pick the right music is all, I think, you know, the one that works for you. I, I right. think you're right. It's, it's quite wonderfully um, powerful. So is smell you know, aromatherapy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. that you can do it without your left brain being involved at all, which is really the key, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, and just go uh-huh. into your nice little happy animal self. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. sleeping does that, you know, just mm-hmm. taking a nap, like, and, and you'll find that just a break from your left brain <laughs> for a little while. Right. Right, and and that delicious sense of floating that arrives is just so fantastic. Even if you don't sleep, even if you just lay down and relax, yeah. just la- relaxing. Um, and do you find we don't have too much time left? We have a little bit more. And a lot of people, um, not so much, a lot of people are very intrigued by crystalline energies. And I, I sometimes... Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I I definitely feel resonance, um, and I'm just curious as to what you feel about that. I love rocks. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and um, uh, I've done a lot of work with crystals over the years, but also other kinds of, of stones as well. And I think that it's interesting to sit with each particular stone and open yourself to it and let its vibration flow into you. You don't try to feel it. You let it kind of come into you. Mm-hmm. And it'll do, it'll change you. It'll do things to you. And then you can talk to it and see mm-hmm. what would, what are you good for? What would, what do you like to do? What's your claim to fame here, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and see, see what resonates at the time. Do you, I, I have had a time where I just keep a certain rock on my desk and then suddenly it's not attractive anymore and I right. put it back in its right. place. And, yes. Uh, yes. And, but I and think I, also with objects, it mm-hmm. helps to love them. Um, right. This is odd, but I I feel like when you you love the energy or the form, the inner blueprint, the the core identity of a of anything, a rock, your computer, your car, uh, that it will love you back immediately, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it will reveal all kinds of things to you, and it'll it'll help you, it'll work with you. Mm-hmm. But we just think of them as objects and like, you know, that they don't have consciousness, but they do. Mm-hmm. So I, I always try to, you know, talk to them like that. I'm smiling really big right now because um, I sometimes had felt I was the only one <laughs> who loved my car so deeply and it loved me back. And and um, this sense of the, the, I call it like the secret life of objects. It's like they're just as conscious as as we are, and um, mm-hmm. so, so interesting that way. Well, you um, know, 
I'll tell you a quick story if we have time. I, you know, I just was forced to move uh, <laughs> this year from Northern California, and I decided to come to Florida, which doesn't make any logical sense to me, but my mother's here, and she's not sick or anything, but I thought I'd come down and be with her. Well, the the everything about the move was sudden, squished, no time, you know, just like really literally I got like shot out of a cannon. And I got here and I started to house hunt to try to find a new place. And everything started going wrong with it. Like I, you know, I'd find a place and then it would be a glitch or it wouldn't go through or something. And I'm, so I think, I am out of alignment here. What is going on? I sat down and meditated. And what I got was that I had not received all the help that had been given to me along the way because I was so pressured and ahead of myself and so many tasks to do. So I sat down and I made a list of all the people who had helped me along the way, you know, from packing and the movers to the gas station attendants and all my friends that let me stay with them and everything. I had like 150 names. And I went so back Penny, through the trip Penny, and I Penny, thanked Penny, Penny. Oh, sorry. I think I think we're we gotta go. I, I think we're almost down. I, I oh, I just, I yeah. We've got a. But couple, that cleared it. Is, is the point that oh, that, that did it so, and cleared it? That is so great. Well, I know that just uh, paying attention and putting our perception and our attention on uh, everything, everything all at once, and loving it, <laughs> sort of what's coming to be more and more the the key of everything. Well, um. I just want to thank you so much, and I know that you um, answered questions that were maybe a little bit different than usual. Maybe not, but everyone, we've been listening to Penny Pierce. You can find her at pennypierce.com. It's P-E-N-N-E-Y-P-E-I-R-C-E, a very clever, unique way of spelling the name. <laughs> and if you, if you get confused, uh, she's on my blog. Go to my blog, and you'll see how to reach her there. But Penny, thank you so much for being on the show and... Um, I, I'm sure that this podcast is going to get a lot of interest and exposure, and we're just so blessed that you could be here with us oh, today. I'm so happy you invited me, Sarah. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Well, everybody, uh, we're going to be wrapping it up. You've been listening to Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman. Um, you can find me at sarahwiseman.com. I've just, I'm going to go on the gratitude tour radio shows. I'll be on, I think, seven radio shows the next seven days as part of. Uh, Living Life of Gratitude book release. So check that out. It's on my blog. It's on Facebook. Um, those are great places to find the latest and greatest information. I try to not inundate you guys with too many newsletters. Um, and uh, also just got some pretty cool daily OM courses up there for a dollar. Check that out on my website, sarahwiseman.com. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Want more of Ask Sarah with Sarah Wiseman? Tune in every Friday for more amazing teachings on intuition, spirituality, and you. Want to contact Sarah direct? Visit www.sarahwiseman.com. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.